Hello everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Floor is Rising, with host Sabretooth, a professional NFT collector, and Kizu, a professional art critic. On this podcast we talk deeply about the business of creating, collecting and analyzing NFTs. So, if you are a creator or a collector of NFTs, jump in. The water is warm. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Floor is Rising. With me today is one of the OGs of OGs, uh, Carlini. He's so OG that he's on his second NFT project now, Another Country Card, we'll talk about that later on in time. Welcome to the show, Carlini. Hi, thanks for having me on. Carlini, tell us, how did you get into NFTs? Well, with a lot of people in 2017, it was CryptoKitties. I guess not this year anymore. Last year, we saw an explosion in NFTs. But in in reality, we may be, I haven't looked at the stats at the end of the year to see what we actually did, but we may be over the year times 100, the size of the community. Whereas pre-CryptoKitties, it was tiny. And in 2017, they had an explosion of people using NFTs bigger than, say, a, a bigger multiple than 2021 was. So it went from basically nothing. There was a couple of crypto punk claimers. Some people had moon cats, but there wasn't really a community. And then all of a sudden, the crypto kitties community just absolutely exploded. So just to to give context of how big a growth it was, the crypto kitties discord started, I think it was like the 2nd of December or something. And 2nd of December 2017, the amount of messages in that Discord up until the end of 2017, so you're looking at, you know, 28 days, it took CryptoPunks Discord until last year, almost halfway through the year to catch up with those 28 days. Like that Discord was unbelievably active. And when you consider the, the size of the space, it was the space at the time. And it was just... CryptoKitties, that's how I started off. I saw I was um I was actually in the hospital. My wife was pregnant with now my eldest son, and we had to stay over. I can't remember exactly why, but she had to stay in a room and I was also there. She was in the bed asleep, and I was in some hospital sort of high back chair, unable to sleep. But I took one of those. I'd, I'd taken my laptop with me and I took the uh, the hospital sort of wheelie tables that are supposed to go over your bed, like the weird U-shaped ones that slot in, put my laptop on it and I was just aimlessly browsing. And I just saw, I think it was on Twitch actually, there was just a video. Someone was streaming effectively the CryptoKitties floor. They were just live streaming as the sales were going in and it was going mad. So... I just had to get involved. I'd I'd been in crypto at that point. I'd already mined some Bitcoin, not to huge levels. I'd bought some Ethereum. I'd I'd bought loads of coins on Ethereum and sort of called myself a trader. But I was just losing money. You know, I was just reading these articles about how X token is going to change the world. Yeet in, lose money. It's a great great system. And NFTs just clicked at that point. It just made sense. And I just deposited into MetaMask. I started my, I didn't have MetaMask at the time. I can't even remember what the wallet was called, but it wasn't even an Ethereum wallet. It was an everything wallet. Started my MetaMask, sent over Ethereum, and it must be 
maybe 1,400 days ago, something like that, and just started buying and breeding cats and just never stopped. Can you tell us about how you went from the journey of being a, a collector to, I guess, starting your first sort of NFT project? How did that journey come about for you? Well, from 2017, I guess, we had a Discord of, say, 20 of us. We'd all been through the same sort of thing with CryptoKitties. We were the the bigger spenders or the bigger breeders or just the people that stuck around. Because there was, just after CryptoKitties started, that's when, effectively, the 2017, December, you know, even Bitcoin went mad then died off as you start coming into 2018. And a lot of people just left because, I mean, it's still the same now. People were there for the money, primarily, at least when you're looking at percentages of the population. You know, they're there because they're either speculating or they're actively playing and making money. And then suddenly when your Ethereum isn't $1,200 anymore and instead, you know, it's you're just watching it slowly decline to nothing. At least the, the sentiment was bad in NFTs and the sentiment was bad in crypto as well. So actively staying in crypto, uh, in NFTs, I guess, and playing different games and still playing CryptoKitties and looking at what other people are building, you get to know people that stuck around really well. And we just formed a Discord where we'd chat and it would, it would, it would almost be like, I guess, what people call now an alpha channel. But... Alpha was very different back then because, you know, right now it's like, okay, there's 100,000 people in this Discord. We can buy on the contract. If you do this method, you could get loads of them and then dump all about profiting like that. But Alpha then was like, oh, this artist is is thinking about coming to NFTs or this, this project has started building. Because, you know, right now there's 30 projects a day dropping. We were lucky one a week. Uh, it was it was very rare that stuff would come up. And when I started NFT Boxes, which was effectively December 2020, at this point, this group of people had been through such a highs and lows of NFTs and crypto. And we were basically just sure that NFTs were going to be huge. But as time goes on, you think, actually, are we the crazy ones? Is, is this never going to happen? And someone else in the group would prop you up. And then when that person had the the worry, like we've put so much money into this, we really believe it'll be big, but why, why doesn't everyone else? And still, you know, someone else would then prop them up. So it was just, it was sort of like group therapy for online people who are sure they're onto something, but it's not going their way. Like we, we had lots of great NFTs, but we had nothing had we dumped everything at some point in 2020 we'd have effectively walked away with nothing after all that time you know a a little bit of profit probably but when you're talking the numbers we talk about now it would be absolutely nothing for most people so we'd been through lots together and pranked or pranksy uh, as he's now known i brought him into crypto kiddies he'd been in this discord we chatted basically every day for uh, I don't even know when I started talking to him. So we, when we started NFT boxes, I'll probably chat to him every day for five years. And there was there was a couple of ideas being thrown around about stuff to build, and that would often happen in the in the Discord group, and nothing would come of it. 
we were talking about this sort of NFT-esque boxes idea just in the group, all 20 of us. Not not everyone's active, so, you know, maybe 10, 15. And then I just DM'd Pranksy and effectively said, shall we actually do this? Because all we do is talk. We always talk about all these ideas and eventually someone else builds it. Shall we build this one? I said, I'll effectively run it. I'll build it. You know, I'll get it to work. And you can be the artist contact and the salesman. Because I knew Pranksy could sell anything. But attach his name to something, it will sell, especially at that time. Uh, now, you know, a, bigger names from outside have come in. And still now you would uh, you could easily argue that Pranksy is the biggest name in NFTs. But back then, Pranksy was the biggest name in NFTs and there was no sort of outside competition. You know, there was no Gary V who'd been building his brand for however many years who can then come in and bring people with him. There was no... Logan Paul. There was, there was none of this. So it was an even easier sell because he was the man at the at the time. I mean, still is, but even more so. And I knew I could lean on a couple of contacts from over the years to, to build what we needed. And it just kind of went from there. As soon as we got um, Coldy as the first artist for our Genesis box, that's when we knew like this is going to work because when you've got someone in the space that have been there longer than us, so pre CryptoKitties have been making art for, for ages, such an OG, great art. It was selling at the time as well. We knew like it was, it was going to go well at that point. What the process of um, curating artists for NFT boxes was, it sounds like, at the start, as you said, there wasn't much competition. There weren't the um, the not really rivals. There, there weren't the uh, the Logan Pauls and um, the celebrities. Celebrities, yeah, right? Well, there were there were lots of artists, um, but as you're sort of running a business, you also need to think what do people want to see. So. There are, you know, now there's probably hundreds of thousands of amazing artists minting NFTs and they're all sort of fighting for their bit of airtime to be seen by a collector to have that front page on OpenSea or Super Air or Foundation or wherever. We were aiming for about 10 NFTs in a box and we we knew the headliners would be easier to get because the, the way NFT boxes works and it's it's all done on chain is the boxes are bought and go into a, a contract, which is then automatically split uh, between all of the artists, all of the people who worked on the box, and then the company. So we knew that we could pay a headliner, you know, the big name, the person who who people, you call it that person's box. So the first one is the Coldy box. And we knew we could pay them more. And that would draw them in. And at the start, we were thinking, okay, how do we get these nine other NFTs? And then with Coldy, he's sort of set this precedent that the headliner of the artist, uh, of the box, could go and sort of curate their own box almost. So Pranksy was on, Prank, that was Pranksy's job, was the curation of the box, uh, along with uh, the promotion of the box. But the, the key bit really is the, getting that artist, the curation. And he, when he got Coldy and Coldy offered to sort of 
get artists that he think he thought would fit around his style that was just great because then you've got n- neither of us although i guess um people may argue pranksy uh, is an artist but neither of us were artists we didn't know that sort of world as well so we were very much in the nft collections sort of space which was the dominant sized space at that point but we weren't in sort of the right artist discords from the get-go so Coldy would have been in, you know, these these early artist discords and would have known these people for a long, long time, much longer than us. So by curating, he also had a bigger name in the art space than Pranksy because, you know, he is an artist. It was like, oh, I get to work with Coldy. I want to do this. So the curation was sort of done around the headliner. And that was the way it was done, at least until I left. I assume it's still the same. I haven't been told. I... I do still talk to Pranks every day. So it's not like, you know, I left and that was that. I do believe it's still to be the case that the headlining artist pretty much helps arrange artists around them that they think will fit their theme and their their style of work. Can you talk about your decision to, I guess, leave and then do your own project, Penelope Country Club? Can, can you talk about like what motivated that, that decision? Uh, we just wanted to do different things with the company really so at this when i'd chosen to leave we'd sort of got to the point in the nft cycle where i don't want to say we'd made it because at that point we certainly hadn't and you know that's pretty egotistical but we were we had enough bags and enough old projects that we thought were dead that were coming back from the dead that you know at least at least the next few years of money just living normally wasn't a worry at all, which gives you more freedom to sort of do what you want. And I was I was very much the community man in NFT boxes. I was in that Discord all the time, taking on people's concerns, replying to them, telling them what we were going to do, trying to think about ways to add value to the collection. So I, I was very much customer-focused, and Pranks was very much artist focused and that came to a bit of a head when I wanted to try and do stuff that would add value to the collectors and he wanted to sort of focus on the art so don't make a game out of the art you know I was I was thinking I wanted to do some sort of staking method where if you were holding uh, NFT boxes art you would then have a chance to get tickets because at the time we'd come up with a ticketing system, which was almost like an early whitelist, I guess, which we would give out to people based on certain criteria. And I wanted to make that based on holding our past pieces that we'd released because then you would be rewarded for holding our stuff. And then Pranksy's saying, well, that's going to, that's actually, you're adding value to the art, but it's devaluing the art you're adding value to the nft but it's devaluing the art because people will buy it for the wrong reasons uh and that just that sort of difference of opinions just went through the company like i I wanted to hire loads of people which i guess is the more risky way of doing things but it would grow you quicker and he wanted to play it safer and just be us two and grow the company up so at penelope's now i have 10 people and i'm not sure if there were have been any additional hires at NFT boxes. So it's just 
we had different ways that we wanted to do it. And it just got to the point where I said, look, do you just want to buy my 50%? Because at this point, we're doing this because we love NFTs. We love working in NFTs. We're not doing it to profit. I don't think he's taken anything out of the business at all. Uh, and again, it's fully on chain and that can be that can be looked at. It's not for the money. It was for working in NFTs. And I just wanted to do something where I had a little more say, I guess, because uh, it was 50-50 and I, I couldn't override him and he couldn't override me. So it just kind of made no sense to both be pulling in different directions. So I just said, look, if you buy me out, I'll go do my own thing, focusing on what I want to do. And you can focus on what you want to do here, because I don't think I could have run NFT boxes without him because I wouldn't have the artist connections or the sales, but I thought he could run it without me because you could just hire people to do what I was doing. So that's why I offered it to him and moved on to do Penelope's Country Club. This debate between utility versus kind of art is not just happening in NFT boxes, but it's happening like the entire space wide. And I mean, many people are having these discussions. Um, and, and also, I guess, this concept of, I guess, like selling a, a collection. I, um, I recall, for example, the, the, the whole Pudgy Penguins thing was, was sold just quite recently as well. So it seems like you're kind of at the at the forefront of a lot of these things. Uh, yeah, what did, did, did Pudgy like, Penguins actually sell? I saw a lot of, yes. a lot of confirmed it's gone for 750, gone for 888. Was it actually, did, yeah, did they hand over the owner wallet? Yeah, well, I, I heard it sell for about 700 ETH. <laughs> so that's that's what I heard. I think it was um, it was in the NFT today. So it must be true. Oh, wow. Right? <laughs> PCC, Penelope Country Club. So, Colleen, could you talk a little bit about how maybe, you know, that really allowed you to fully realize the things that you were maybe unable or obstructed from doing in NFT boxes? I had two friends that I had sort of promised jobs at NFT boxes, which I couldn't I couldn't hire properly because from from my view, I was sort of getting everything done on the business side and I was just quite happily expanding it and growing the business. And that wasn't what Pranked wanted at all. So I had these two guys that I effectively needed to hire. So I said, look, let's meet up. So we went to a, a pub in, in real life. We just chatted. What do we want to do? We had lots of ideas. Um, we were going to create something that would sync nft rewards into a platform like twitch or youtube uh, so twitch you have subscriber badges uh, so this person is subscribed to have along uh, and there's like a six month badge and a 12 month badge and 24 year uh, 24 month badge and these we were going to figure out a way to make these nfts and we were planning all this out and how to effectively we would come in to a streamer's world and introduce them to nfts and show them how those nfts could be used within their community and i'd promise the guys a year we, we'd work on it for a year like i will i will bootstrap this for a year and then someone just asked how how is this going to make money i was like oh, i don't really know we'll just try and figure it out and he said i've just just left my job of many years of stability for this. And I was like, yeah, well, that was when NFT boxes were 
we're much more likely to keep going. And he said, why don't we do something that we could continue doing? And we say, okay, so what's meta at the moment? It's, you know, profile pictures, which has continued for a long time. Bored apes were just sort of getting their first hype cycle, I think, when we were we were planning this out. And we were discussing how we could improve it, how we could make it better, how we could make, you know, how we could go for the community and take away sort of the meme element of that. So we we really looked at what would work, what is working and how we could improve that. And just for an example, the when we launched, it was pretty much airdropped. You'd advertise that you were giving away airdrops and people would love it because the Board Ape Kennel Club sold for however many ETH. So people just assumed, and by people, I just mean, you know, the NFT community, they just think, oh, we got an airdrop, free money. Well, quickly that gets diluted and is suddenly no longer a selling point. So we thought, how can we actually make an airdrop, not just an airdrop? You're not just getting an NFT. How can we guarantee that that will have a use? And that's where the Kitty Vault was born, which is a, a collection of NFTs that kind of back your your Penelope's Country Club NFTs. So once Fractional 2.0 comes out, which uh, I believe is a few months away, it will be this whole Kitty Vault will be fractionalized, and those fractions will effectively be put inside your NFT. So to get them, you have to destroy your NFT and you then get the fraction. And what that does is it means your NFT never goes to zero. Or if it does, that means all NFTs have gone to zero. Because inside of your NFT, we were originally calling it the Kitty Bank, but we can't because bank is regulated. And we were kind of playing on piggy bank because like you put money in and then traditionally in the old school way, you'd have to smash it to get the money out. So we were making these airdrops useful because you'd be getting a, sh- a fraction of the Kitty Vault within your airdrop. So whatever it is, it then has at least one utility. And then on top of it, we didn't want to just airdrop anything. So each one we ensured had a use. So you can you can send us, if you get enough of the first airdrop we sent and send them to us, we'll send you um, a hoodie that has an NFT attached to it. And that NFT can't be sold. It can only be pulled. So if you have the physical, you pull that NFT to you and it proves that you have the physical, which in itself sounds very boring. But then when you get into a world where items of clothing you have can open up certain parts of a website or get you into certain places in real life or allow you to be on some sort of uh, leaderboard you know, the, the options start to open up and we've got other other different airdrops that we have. If you trade in five of the third one, I think it was, you can get a, a 3D printed model of whatever cat you have. We're working with people who, who can model all of the different layers of Penelope's and model that into 3D and then physically print, paint and post it. Uh, so we're just trying to do things a little a little differently and a little more community focused because here there is no sort of, you know, focusing on the art or, I mean, the art is obviously key, but it's not the only thing. The NFT itself is, is primary number one. Like all NFTs are a blank piece of paper, but 
piece of paper can be used in many different ways. It doesn't, you don't just have to draw on it. You can write on it. You can turn it into a book. You can, you know, there are, turn it into a passport. There are lots of different things that paper does. And that's almost what we're trying to do with an NFT. We're trying to take that and make the NFT the focus. And the art is just the representation of the NFT when you're scrolling OpenSea or LooksRare. One of the catch cries of, well, pretty much anyone who's doing engagement farming is they want to say that 99% of NFT projects will go to zero, right? This is pretty much what everyone says. And I would say that there is a certain level of, I don't want to say snobbery, but I'll say snobbery where people will say, well, look, PFPs is kind of some a, a transitory thing. Most of these will go to zero, but sort of the art created by artists is, is the, you know, is the real deal, right? This kind of, you know, narrative is pushed pretty, pretty consistently and, and pretty heavily. I agree. I think 99% will go to zero. But the caveat of that is I don't think 90% of NFTs people have heard of. I think there'll be there'll be certain people like absolute grinders who will have heard of maybe 30% of NFTs. But there's there's 30, there's 50, there's 60 projects a day dropping. And I think it is fair to say 99% will go to zero, but not in the same way that these are, the, I mean, these influencers are just, you know, farming engagement. They're not actually thinking about it or clarifying it or saying it in any way. There are a couple that do, but, you know, most just want the likes. The 1% that survive, the majority of that will be ones people know now. Uh, I don't think there'll be many, by, by now, I mean, the ones that will survive, that are alive now, people will have heard of. Because, you know, 60 are dropping a day. And I actually did um, almost almost a bit of maybe not research on this. But I, I wanted to put a tweet out after my sort of, this is how active CryptoKitties was. I put a tweet thread about, you know, how many posts were in the Discord and comparing that to punks and then comparing it to Discords now. I also went back and looked at a couple of the services that would tell you all of the drops in the day. I went to peak NFT summer and one day had, I can't remember which day it was, but when I when I combined all of these services, 85 in one day, peak summer, and over 80 of them hadn't posted in their Discord or still have a Discord or post on Twitter in over three months. It took so long to do that just for one day that you know, I didn't take a week or a month and really get proper data for this. So this is just a snapshot of a random day I picked uh, around sort of high volume levels. But that was, you know, within months, 80 out of 85, might have even been 81. I can't remember. I don't have the stats in front of me. were just gone. Like no one was working on it. It doesn't really have any historical significance because 2021, you know, I like. I know we like to tweet we're early. It's not that early. If, if if 85 projects came out in one day, I would argue that's not early when there was probably less than that in 2017. I can't remember all the graphs, but I think, you know, maybe the ones people have, I think it's less than 85 in 2017. So, so let, let's put aside the, well, let's call them rugs. Rugs or cash crabs, meaning I guess the only 
thing that the the founders of those nfts thought about was the sale right so beyond the sale that was a, like they were just prepping for the sale and there was nothing beyond the sale so which when, eliminates... they, when they send the ETH to their own personal wallet after yeah. the contract you know that's uh interestingly <laughs> that's what the penguins did but you yeah. know that's when there's a, a red flag in my book yeah so i mean you know 90 percent plus of those will never live on but i'm more interested in talking about like what about because I think, you know, as the space matures, those kind of rug artists and cash grabbers will, they'll just be weeded out, right? Like people will just won't have enough money to keep on, <laughs> to keep on aping those kind of projects, essentially. I hope so. <laughs> but what about like, let's say you, you, you know, you're left with the projects that have good intentions and have people who can somewhat execute. Okay, what, what, that, that definitely won't be 99% then. Right. I, I believe in 99% when you, take the full data set and you allow the large majority of, of nonsense. Right. But, but, but when, what do you think about, yeah, what do you think about like the people who are actually doing stuff? Like, because, you know, not everyone can become like a board a yacht club, right? Um, and and what, what, what do you think is the difference between, you know, something that's really gone big, like board a yacht club did in, in 2021 and something that just hasn't gone as big? You know, something that launched the, the the same time that just hasn't hasn't gone as big. Like, do you think it's the the luck of the draw? Do you, like, what do you think that difference is? I wouldn't want to say luck for board apes because that could come across as jealous and bitter. What they did have was they were almost selected by a a celebrity sort of contact who then really launched them into the stratosphere. But what they did was they executed upon that well i think uh, a lot of projects who have got that sort of level of interest have then failed massively and penguins will be one of those examples because you know they were in the new york times they had they had the whole they had a huge chinese community interested they had lots of lots of big names uh, crypto twitter as well like not not generally your nft degens your rich token degens who then came over as well and got interested a huge majority held by quite a few of those whales and they completely fumbled the bag um be that inexperience or you know intent i don't i can't imagine they purposefully did it but they it seems like they had the intentions to do it right and then just couldn't i guess led to an angry community who seems to have driven them out. And I guess that would be an example of having sort of the stars aligned for you and then missing. Not every not every project will have that chance. But I guess it comes down to the question. When, when they tweet goes to zero, let's just say take the top 250 all-time volume now. I don't think many of those will go to zero at all just because... I feel like it'd be quite hard to even even the ones that just you know stop doing much because those those projects are significant in the long run because they have done something significant now. What I often when people try to say, oh, but Mooncats came before CryptoKitties, but they didn't do anything significant at the time. Their significance is 2021 in my eyes. People may disagree. So I I just feel like the 99% doesn't work at all for the projects people will know. Like when you're talking about board apes, when you're talking about, you know, even go lower down for just 
I could open CryptoSlam and just scroll down. I'm thinking Heaven Computer, just one that I see here. I can't see going to zero. ON1 Force, which, you know, came out the gate really hard, had Logan Paul in, loads of people bought up, and then it heavily crashed. Is now at 164th on the daily volume today. But I don't think it will go to zero. I don't think it's one of those 99%ers that do go to zero. And when you're not including those 99%, I think it will survive. But when people say go to zero... What they really mean is lower price than now, like you're losing on your investment, which I'm sure plenty will. When you're when you're investing in something that people are building, so if you buy Penelope's Country Club, you're investing effectively. You know, you're not actually investing because people can't really call it investing. There's a lot of problems with calling it investing, but you are putting your money in mine and the team's trust. To you also aren't supposed to expect profit so you know we've got to be careful of what we say but you're expecting us to work for you and do what we do well plenty won't but they still won't go to zero just because of going to zero isn't really a thing but they could drop under the price you buy at in 2021 and still be under that in 2025 just if the team aren't really doing much or anything. Unless you're investing in something, again, not investing, buying, keep forgetting, I'm recorded. Uh, (laughs) Something like punks that you could just say they've never really done anything, which is kind of harsh because in the the early days, they were doing lots of things behind the scenes. They They were out at art shows and they actually sold a framed crypto punk to the Winklevoss twins at a at a gallery, who then went on to make Nifty Gateway, who then went on to be huge in in introducing people via fiat payments and contributed largely to the NFT bull run. So you know there were there were thing they they were just working on their thing. This whole meta that was built up in 2021 was never a thing back then. They, all they did was stick around, and that was more than anyone else did in 2017, 18, or 19. But if you're buying a punk, you don't expect Lava Labs to be doing anything to your punk. You don't expect them to be releasing anything else. I remember coming across from CryptoKitties who had been working, working, working. They had a huge team. They were doing things, engaging the community every week. And I remember when I came over to to CryptoPunks, a couple of months after that, they updated the front page and people went crazy. People, oh my God, Lava Labs, that's amazing. Thank you. And I was just sitting there like, Guys, they've they've updated the homepage and you're going wild. Like this is this is a very different sort of thing to what I'm used to. But they'd built up sort of that that position. You you know that you're not going to get weekly spaces or an explainer video or you know, these sort of updates. You just know what you're getting into, and it's always been like that. The, you know, there are arguments around the me bits drop and taking that much. Do they do they owe people anything? But I just I just can't I can't see you know punks or me bits anything anything that has a sort of significance now. Going to zero is most likely a no, but going down is possible, and I think that's generally what people mean. Because in this in this sort of world, I've I've noticed that people don't really care too much when it goes to zero. 
Like they'd care if they bought a punk and it went to zero. But, you know, they mint 20 of something. They're like, oh, it's dust. Hide it onto the next mint. So it's not a huge investment of ETH. And of course, they're not happy that it's gone to zero, but they're almost used to it at this point with these, it's almost like fast fashion. Into this project, out of it, into the next one, out of it, away we go. This is one of the... This is the microcosm that uh, you and Pranksy faced in NFT boxes where it's about like, what is what is valuable in NFTs? Is it like art where essentially it is what it is and you accept it for what it is and it has value? Or is it like a project where it has value if if the people in the project continue to do stuff, right? This is the eternal argument. And I think meta-wise, the, the recent flippening uh, of board apes to punks is almost it's kind of like a proxy validation of the two different strategies where people see okay the punks are not really doing anything at least the team is not really doing anything whereas board ape the team is seen as sort of the leader of that new ethos uh i guess in, in nfts it's like comparing an a roman relic to apple you know one one is a company that's that's effectively building up a brand. And the other was a was a proof of concept at the time that took no money and sort of never expected anything. It was just to show what could be done. And people are then expecting the company aspect when they've never shown that they would do that. So I I always see punks as just that. It's a relic. It's it'll be seen in the future as as you know, an old computer that sells on eBay for loads of money or you know the first, the first prototype of an iPhone that goes for loads of money. All of this, all of this stuff, it, they're not in the same class because, like I said before, an NFT can be so many different things that it's not even like art versus community. It's just two different ways to use a piece of paper. And personally, my art experience was very low. You know, I, I wasn't in the art world pre NFTs. I I can't say that I understand more than anyone else does. I've just watched NFT prices. So, you know, I kind of get how NFT art prices go, but that's it. My knowledge, my edge, where I know more of what I'm doing is in the sort of collection world. And I want to take that collection world and move it into more of a utility world because I always preferred Ethereum over Bitcoin because you could do something with it. And I would always explain to people that my favorite part of Ethereum was getting rid of the middleman, which you know is a huge part of Ethereum, but that that's what really got me interested in crypto. It wasn't like, you know, down with the governments, make money ours, which, you know, that's a whole different argument, but that wasn't what interested me or pulled me in. So my knowledge was always in sort of the collections and then how you can use those nfts it's always been using them so that's where i'm trying to focus with penelope's is how can we use these nfts and also how can we place ourselves well that when something big happens we can do that as well because we we've released ens subdomains recently uh, and i believe we were the first collection to do that and i think in 2022 i think you're going to see more people with a their brand dot 
anotherbrand.eth. So my name is carlini8.pcc.eth. So I have my brand, Carlini8, my tribe, my clan, where the disc, the first Discord I open in the morning, .pcc, and then .eth. And I think that will be huge in 2022. And it's kind of a shame that I think that'll be huge because you can't capitalize on it. All I can do is we, we made subdomains for PCC and our contract says this should work for all ERC721s. Feel free to share, feel free to use because that's sort of the web free mentality of, you know, here you go. Here's something cool. Now you have a look, try and make it better. And then we'll maybe take that back. And I know CyberCongs are looking at it at the moment. Uh, I'm sure Doodles will. I've seen Board Ape Yacht Club owns BAYC.E, so presumably that will come out. Like you just, it kind of clicks when you just say, when you see someone that identifies as an ape on Twitter, would they, if they had the opportunity, would they have their name .BAYC.E? And I think the answer is yes. And that is just an example of taking something cool and sort of running with it. And the next huge thing that you can capitalize on, I think, will be tokens. So, you know, the, I guess, technically hash masks were the first of this year. They weren't the first ever, but they were the the first this year to yield a token for having an NFT. And then CyberCong sort of took it to the next level by making it useful, because in reality, no one really wants to name their NFT, or maybe some people do, but not many. And CyberCong's proved that if you have a use, people want that token. And if they have a token they can use, they don't have to really think about selling their NFT as much. They can stay in the community because you've got all these bored ape owners who don't want to, they are, they've identified themselves as an ape and they've got this really high value asset that they don't want to sell, which I don't believe truly now is about profit. Because at this point, I've in this market, you can sell that ape and make more by just playing the game. If you play the game without 80 Ethereum, you'll get you'll make more than just holding a board ape. Because to to 2x it has to go to 160 ETH. The the sell pressure just becomes huge at that point. But if you can have a token that yields that you can then sell every day, suddenly people are going to want to stick around more. So tokens i think are going to be huge and that's why we'll be pivoting purely to token focusing on our token uh, after we've completed our airdrop cycle because uh, we've already promised eight airdrops and we're working hard on making them all fun and useful and things people want but then after that we'll focus purely on the token and from a branding point of view i think uh, ens subdomains are going to be huge in 2022 who is your or what is your favorite NFT artist? I guess to to answer, we had we had quite a lot of the artists I liked in NFT boxes. Mainly, you know, I was quite hyped to see them. So we had Joy. Joy was February, uh, and then after I left, um, well, no, as I was leaving, X Copy was in as well. Uh, I've got Ferocious Trainers. Right next to me, I got all three pairs and the three boxes and the three USBs. Spoke to Josie quite a bit, you know, all of these old space in the space artists. But I guess if I had to pick a collection, oof, well, I I gotta say the first six months of CryptoKitties 
was uh, was pretty incredible. Like if they launched with just exactly the same quality that they did near well four years ago, four and a bit years ago, if they launched now, it would be ins- it would be the best project to launch just because of what you could do at launch, what the website looks like at launch, what you could do on the website. I guess, you know, I'm going to go a bit weird, a bit weird and say sandbox. Because if you think about what I've just been saying about where my focus is and what I like, in a way, sandbox are almost bringing together lots of communities and trying to trying to make use of those communities. So you can play a game in sandbox as your community uh, and also they were they were amazing during nft boxes like every they was they were almost a a, week, a monthly partner they were in every box and they would you'd just tell them the the theme of the box whatever it was and they just came up with some sort of nft that would be usable in sandbox that fit the theme perfectly every single time but they obviously my favorite is is penelope's like that that just has to be the case, and you can see from the NFTs I bought in the uh, Kitty Vault and things like that. Where okay, I'm going to say my favorite, absolute favorite project that isn't my own will be Doodles, and the one that I like that is doing the most is the Sandbox, and the best one at its time, being 2017 December until roughly mid 2018, would be CryptoKitties. And for bringing in tokens, cybercons. They're very, very simple, not complicated. <laughs> that's a, that's at all. a really one-word com- answer from me. Really comprehensive answer. Much, <laughs> much after all counts, all counts. So very satisfying. <laughs> and I like Top Shot for causing all of this. <laughs> okay, we 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 better go before Kalini just lists like ten more projects. Um, <laughs> I've got I've got a crypto slam open. I can go for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's been a pleasure having you, Kalini. Um, thank you for, for joining us on the show. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Floor is Rising. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow. And give us a review on your favorite podcast app. Remember to also follow us on Twitter at Floor is Rising. You can reach out to us or send us a question. Just send us a DM, at floor is rising.